about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Oh, hi, it's Adam Sank. Welcome again to the Adam Sank Show. Today, we are pretending that it's Saturday, January 26th. And uh, God, it feels like the last two weeks have just flown by. It seemed like only yesterday that we were not live when we were supposed to be and that that JB fell out of his chair. But it's, uh, it's two weeks later now. Welcome once again to the As. Leave me your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast. Email me. Oh me. I would forever be recorded on everyone's episode, on our servers, on the security cameras. It's, it, it's forever. Of you falling out of your chair. Falling out of my chair. It's forever imprinted. I wonder what it sounded like. I can't wait to hear the replay. <laughs> Uh, but as I was saying, email me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. If you're a fan of this podcast, don't keep it a secret. We need more listeners. Like, bad so post about it. Just say, you guys should listen to this podcast. It's awesome. Our guest today is film director AJ Mattioli. We'll be talking to him about uh, his documentary Words, as well as a new film that he's working on. Um, but first, I need to welcome back everyone's second favorite lesbian. <laughs> Romaine That's what my is, wife says, too. Rom- <laughs> Romaine is obviously <laughs> the favorite. Please welcome back Joanne Filan. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I, I feel like I never left. It's so delightful to be back. It's a time warp that it, that it was only two weeks ago. I can't believe ago. January is almost over. <laughs> what a great month it's oh. been. Um, Joanne, I have a, a strange question to ask you to kick off today's that ask. It seems so weird that it would be a strange question. I know. When you're at the gym, <laughs> is that strange? Just, right it, off the, the bat, I just is... want to thank you for thinking that I go to the gym. Do you ever work out? <laughs> I uh, do on occasion, occasionally. Yes. So when you go to the gym, mm-hmm. do you get completely naked in the locker room? No, but on the gym floor, I do. <laughs> <laughs> just I just I keep all my clothes on in the locker room, and then I get out there, strip down, and put it, pick up the weights, and just, just go to town. You know, as you're stretching, you like to yep. air out the hoo hoo. No, but I'm serious. Are you someone who? How do you? I guess the question is, how do you mm-hmm. feel about being naked in front of strangers? I am not at all good with it. I am not. I'm not even good being naked by myself. In all honesty, I'm not. I mean, you're a beautiful woman. You have mm. gorgeous breasts. Yes. If I had those titties, I would be. Uh, Showing them off. I they are nothing but a hindrance in all honesty. Why? They are they they're too uh, honest I'm not a big fan of mine. They're a little too big. They they pick up debris, you know? I mean <laughs> They just drag I, on the ground. Yeah, God forbid I try to do push ups, I pick up lint. I'm now sweeping the floor. Wow. It's horrible. Well, the reason I ask this is mm-hmm. and, and I'm now doing a story you know, sometimes I do stories from a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. This is actually a story from 2015. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then I'll think back to 2015. But it was uh, it was brought to my attention this past week, and it mm-hmm. was uh, written by a guy named Corey Sika, who used to write for Gawker, and then he wrote for The Times, and I'm not sure what he's doing now. He's but this, dead. This, I hope not. But the story is millennials do not like to get naked in front of other people at the gym, at least millennial yes. men. I Okay, but... Like, was that like, a, is that a problem? What's well, a problem for me? Oh, because you want see, millennials yes. to be naked in well, front of, of older course. men at the can gym. I, can I tell you something? When I'm at the gym and a guy gets out of the shower and he's got his towel wrapped around him mm-hmm. and then he goes to his locker, he takes out his underwear and he slides the underwear yes. on under the towel. Ta- I'm like, fuck That's you. That's what I do. I put my, I will put my underwear on while I'm in the shower. That's offensive. And First then of all, dry not them everyone off. should be seeing my goodies. That's number one. Okay, I can't be showing off oh all my, my fabulous goodies to all these strange men in the locker rooms who's not going to get a taste. I want to. I want everyone to see. I'd and see. I want to see theirs. 
I see. I don't. I don't like to see other people too, and then I feel like self conscious. I don't want to be staring, and then they're often quite scary looking. Well, time was that all men. You know, not only would they get naked in front of each other changing, but they would take group showers. You'd go to the gym or to the YMCA, and there'd be one giant shower room with like 10 showers, and all these guys would just be... And I remember this from being a little kid. There'd be these old men soaping up their balls and... Soaping up each other's balls? uh, Well, in my case, yes. But according to uh, Brian Dunkelberger... Well, that would be exactly the case. He's a he's a gym architect who's worked for clubs like Equinox and Sports Club LA. He says in the last 20 to 25 years, there's been a cultural shift uh, that Gen Xers and millennials are more sensitive to um, to what they're sh- what they show off at the gym, even though they live their lives completely open to the world on social media. Oh, I mean, you know, right. you, you know, true. every time they take a shit. Mm-hmm. Or or buy a new scarf, but uh, God forbid anyone sees their penis or their ass, and this is causing gym designers to change the way they design clubs. Oh, you mean making it more um, private? Creating more private spaces, changing oh, rooms, I like that. Um, locker areas that are not so visible to like people who option. are walking by. You do like this? Yes, I'm. I'm all f- I'm, it, giving the option. Actually, I, I don't. You know, if you wanna, then fine. But uh, giving giving more options, if you don't want to, would be nice. Well, apparently, um, showering in gym class is extinct. No longer exists and hasn't mm-hmm. since the '90s. Um, now I, I have to think back. I don't think we showered I, at all. No. I think we just went to gym and then just were hot, sweaty and stinky the rest of the day. I didn't really sweat in gym. I didn't do You much. didn't do anything. There was no, no physical activity happening, nope. so you couldn't sweat. Yep. Well, I just wanted to report on this because it affects me personally and I'm, I'm, I'm against it. Sorry. I'm Is that why you're it. naked right now? I, you know, I'm naked right now because mm. it's a thousand degrees in here. <laughs> I like it. For the first time, I don't know what's going on today, but the DNR studio is as hot as it was in the days of yore back when we were up on 41st Street. Um, But anyway, I want to talk about a very serious uh, issue and and, uh, several stories that involve this. Um, A New York man is suing Grindr because he says his ex used Grindr to create hundreds of fake profiles or dozens of fake profiles impersonating him in which he claimed that Herrick was in big into uh, BDSM, rough, unprotected sex and rape oh. fantasies, also claiming that he was HIV positive when he's not. Oh, man. And through these profiles, his ex hooked him up with hundreds of gay men and sent them to Herrick's home. Oh, my God. As well as the restaurant where he worked. He's taken action against the ex, um, but he also is suing Grinder. Um, because he says that they essentially allow themselves to be an instrument for this kind of harassment and they don't police it. And when you tell Mm -hmm. them, hey, this this is not me and this is happening, they don't really do anything about it. They'll take down a fake profile, but they won't uh, do anything to block that user. They'll, they'll suggest oh. that you block the user. That's oh, their well, main please thing. welcome back, Eric, right. my fan <laughs> from Nashville. I flew back in again you this week. You just flew it two weeks later. It's crazy <laughs> that you're here. I didn't even know the microphone was on. I, <laughs> what were you saying, Eric? I was saying that... Um, with Grinder, whenever you report someone, they say that they're going to take care of it, but they actually suggest that you block the person yourself. Well, that, that does not solve do any, this problem. It doesn't solve the problem at all. I mean, this isn't even. This goes beyond online because <laughs> these men mm-hmm. are showing up at this guy's house expecting, you know, to have unprotected, oh, rough God. sex and rape fantasies with him, and he has nothing to do with it. This is just his crazy ex posting as him. Um, the, his lawyer says this is a case about a company abdicating responsibility for a dangerous product it released into the stream of commerce. Grinders inaction enables the weaponization of its products and services. So I'm going to be following this closely. We actually yeah. talked about this when it initially broke, mm-hmm. but now the lawsuit is continuing. But apropos of all this, a, a close friend of mine, Chad Ryan, um, who I used to work with when I had my show at Therapy, mm-hmm. he and his boyfriend have been the victim of this kind of behavior by someone that they know, someone they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. He's been trolling them on all of their Instagram and Facebook pictures, making horrible remarks, and then also posting actual things in public, like going into public gay bars and restaurants and posting signs up about them. And it's so disturbing, and it really does um, fall under the same category of, of, of cyber-stalking and being terrorized. So I wanted to speak with him today and, and have him shed some light on what's been happening and what he and his boyfriend are doing 
to stop this. So joining us on the phone right now is Chad Ryan. Can you hear hey. me, Chad? Hi, Adam. Hi, Hi sweetie. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Thank you so much. You're on with me and Joanne. Hi, Chad. Tell us. Hey, Joanne. Tell us when this started and, and what's been happening. Well, the truth is, now that I know things, it actually started six months ago. Um, and uh, it started with a direct interaction with the person I believe is still the harasser and the bully. Um, I don't know if you want that story. or Sure. No, I do. Um, yeah, so without naming names, I suppose what we'll do is um, a, a fast friend of mine uh, that I became friends with through my gym where I work out, um, we became fast friends and we were spending a lot of time together having quick coffee dates and maybe meeting up for a drink at the Ninth Avenue Saloon, which is sort of like my neighborhood bar that I go to a lot in Hell's Kitchen. Um, within that four-week period that we became fast friends and spent a lot of time together, he met my partner, he met a ton of my friends, but I never met his partner and I never knew where they lived. I was never invited to anything socially that involved his partner. In fact, I learned that he was feeling somewhat trapped in this relationship. Um, we had a drunken night where he was kind of throwing himself at me, and my friends noticed it at the bar, Ninth Avenue Saloon in Hope Kitchen. And I, was, I could tell he was drunk, so I wanted to put him into a taxi. And we went outside, and he kissed me uh, and begged me to get into the cab with him. And he kissed me in front of, you know, on the, on the street, in front of the bar. People saw it. And uh, I put him in a taxi. And the next morning, he phoned me and told me that his partner, uh, somebody knew him and saw us kiss outside the Ninth Avenue Saloon and told his partner. And his partner's freaking out. And his partner wants to move out. And his partner wrote all these hateful things on the moving boxes that they were about to find a new apartment together. Uh, in fact, they had signed the document they were buying a, an apartment together. Um, and his uh, partner changed his phone number, cut, cut my friend off of their phone bill, um, emptied a plate of dishes on the floor. So, uh, wrote these but, really so Chad, let's things. skip ahead to when the harassment of you and your boyfriend started. Well, it started immediately. So that was six months ago, and we both got hateful things sent to us in our direct message boxes of Facebook and Instagram um, immediately saying, I'm going to come for you. I'm going to punch your teeth in. Um, I read your blog about being a rape victim. Of course you were raped. You deserve to be. Um, he, he wrote my husband saying that uh, you should know that your husband's having an affair and he's doing this, and I know for a fact, and I'm going to come for both of you slutty assholes and this and that. And we blocked everything. We blocked that person. And then it reared its head again in October. And then it reared its head again in December. And it reared its head in different fake profiles. Right, so, th so this person would create multiple online profiles pretending to be someone else, and then he would troll your online accounts, correct? He would troll mine. He would troll my husband's. He would troll my place of uh, my gym, because that is also a basis mm -hmm. of how I knew his partner. And he was trolling the gym. In fact, uh, one of his profiles that he created was a picture of me. In uh, clothes, in clothes that I was modeling for the gym, <laughs> that they were their merchandise, and he was hating on the gym. So the gym has had to report all of the, his posting, and and he's done three different times on theirs in three different profiles. Between Zach and I, he has created eight different profiles. It has only been since December twenty sixth that this has escalated into what I consider my safety and fear, and that has been like he's using the word HIV and AIDS as a weapon. Um, Right, he he's he's claiming call. he's claiming that you have HIV AIDS, which you don't. Yes. You're not HIV no. positive, and and on all of these, I mean, you guys posted some of this on Facebook, some screenshots where he's like, Chad Ryan is an AIDS victim. Chad Ryan spreads AIDS. Chad Ryan has HIV. Mm -hmm. It's it's this sort of thing. Yes, it is, and then. It's, it's a lot of that. I have an entire screen grab where every single comment was about AIDS or HIV. Every single comment, and there were 12 of them. And um, then when I found out that he had made stickers with my picture from Instagram that oh had red letters written across it, actual anus, and he's posting these stickers in bathroom walls, all in Hell's Kitchen, outside of my place of employment, which is a wine bar that he knows that I work at. And then his texts start saying, or his comments start saying things like, I know where you live. I know where you work. I know where you work out. 
the only thing left of you when I'm done with you will be these ugly pictures on Instagram. He told people in a post, in a, in a comment, go to the wine bar on 52nd Street, stay for the free show and the free STDs. I mean, he mm-hmm. knows that I work at a wine bar on 52nd Street. And the reason he knows that is because the friend, his boyfriend, met me at said wine bar on 52nd Street the night we went to 9th Avenue Saloon and the night I put him into a taxi drunkenly and he kissed me. So let's be clear. Let's be clear that the person you believe is doing this is the boyfriend or partner of the guy that you befriended and kissed outside when he was drunk and, and kissed you and you were trying to, to get him home. Yes. And the two of, and the two of them are still together. The two of them are actually engaged. Oh, my what? God. Can you imagine? I can't they find a boyfriend, friends. but this <laughs> fucking sociopath <laughs> is engaged to this yeah. man who knows that he's terrorizing Chad and Zach, yeah. who haven't done anything wrong. Right. And doing yeah. it using well, the I most AIDS-phobic language. Ter- yeah, I believe him to probably be terrorizing my old friend as well, the, 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 friend, the person that kissed me uh, outside that bar. I believe there's some terrorizing going on there because I think it doesn't take a, a, a psychological genius to, to figure out that perhaps the engagement came as a way in which to try and solidify their bond and to say, no, 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 I didn't cheat on you. There's no offense here. I want to be with you. In fact, why don't I propose uh, to you to prove it? So tell us what you and Zach have. have first of all, what does one do in this situation? Because you're not the only ones. As, as we just talked about, this, this poor guy, uh, Matthew Herrick, is going through something similar with his ex. Um, what do you do when you're the victims of, of this kind of stalking and harassment? Yeah. Well, uh, as far as the state laws of New York and the, and the police department, I mean, they have so far been in very responsive and very kind to me, but they, they don't have a lot of laws around it that allow them to just do something about it. But keeping a paper trail is important. So it is very mm-hmm. important that you report things and you keep track of everything. Screen grab all of it. Create a folder on your phone because you never know when you're going to need this as evidence. And I've peeled off the sticker, one of the stickers at a bar. I've kept it out in case he has fingerprints on it. Hmm. Um, I've contacted all of the bars and asked them if they could remove the graffiti. Um, the other thing to do is... And this is after a lot of research. I, I remained very quiet while my husband wanted to come really loud in public. And I became quiet because he did get inside my head. He did make me feel shame. And I'm not HIV positive, and I don't believe anybody that is HIV positive should feel shame of it at all. Yeah. But it also belongs to them. Their status belongs to them, and they get to reveal that status to whomever they choose and however they choose. And you don't expect a gay man especially a gay man in New York City, to, right. u- to, to use HIV as a weapon that way? Not at all, especially somebody that's 38 years old, Adam. He's an adult. He's a grown man. It's, so it looked, other, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I, you go, okay. I mean, the only other thing that I think is that we're doing right, and, and, and Zach and I, we've done a lot of research, and we read about this before we decided to be so public, is there is a way in which, because there aren't enough laws around online and cyberbullying and social media harassment, you have to build an army around you, and you have to build awareness. Knowledge is power, and there's strength in numbers. So by coming forward with it, instead of just trolling about it, because when it first happened, I was sort of like, guys, look at this. I was just sort of sharing it, like, look what's happening to me. This is weird. But when it became serious, when it left the digital media land and it entered my neighborhood and it entered my community of people in Hell's Kitchen, that's when I was like, this has to, I have to tell people this. And my husband was like, yes, we do, but we have to be very strategic about it. We cannot harass him. We cannot be, we cannot be foul-mouthed about him at all because it could come around to, and to, to haunt us. We have to simply ask for help. Right. We have to show what we know and we have to tell people about it. So that's basically the strategy we're going about today, or you know, as of this week, is just being insanely public. And, and you guys, that you guys have named him on Facebook. We've named him. We have, and that's dangerous. I know, and people are scared about that. But we've done a lot of research, and there's no harm in naming him. We and we do not say this is who's doing it. We say we believe the perpetrator of these crimes to be. Do you and want, we've named? Him. Do you want to say his name on the air? 
Sure, Nathan Dupree. And and he is a performer, correct? He, I think he pursues his, uh, his art as a musician, but I know that he also probably holds down a, a survival job. So since you started posting his name and saying, we believe Nathan Dupree is the person who is doing this, uh, this vicious harassment and stalking, um, what has been the reaction from him and or his partner? He has remained, he has gone insanely quiet. Um, all of the fake profiles that he's created for the most part have actually been removed. A handful of them still exist because he didn't get enough time in, inside that profile to harass enough for them to say, for Instagram to say, uh, oh, we can delete this profile. I've blocked them all so they don't have access to me. I also went private for about five days so that he wouldn't have access to me. And now I'm back to public because I kind of want him to have access to me just as more proof. Um, so he kind of went silent. He himself has gone super low-key. He's turned his personal Instagram into a private account. He also cleaned it up really fast. He went in and deleted some stuff. Um, I've screen-grabbed some old pictures that he had where he's had, like, hashtags that are a little bit frightening, like, hashtag all the rage. You know, this is, like, a weird hashtag, you know? So I've wanted to keep that. So he's gone crazy quiet, seems to be a little bit off the radar, and the bullying and harassment has somewhat stopped for at least 48 to 72 hours at this point. However, his partner, my old friend, who can't contact me, doesn't have access to my number, doesn't have access to my Facebook or Instagram, but does still have access to my husband's, has written my husband as of two days ago. And what did he say? And he has said, I promise this will stop, and Nathan is seeking help and we're going to get him medicated, and he's having psychological breakdowns, but I promise this will stop. I can promise you you will not be harassed anymore, and no, Chad will not either, and neither will Mark Fisher Fitness, and everybody will be fine. And my husband, and he said, please call me, and he gave his phone number to my husband, and my husband said, I don't have any reason to phone you, and the detectives told me I'm not allowed to. Um, so he knows that we have enforcement. And Zach also said, you've made this promise before, and it didn't stop. And it has reared its head in multiple occasions, and now it is like he's using HIV as a slur and a weapon toward the entire community, and he has stepped off of the digital platform and into our bars, into our local places. And are you aware of it? And he sent him a ton of screen grabs. And then the only thing that this kid wrote back was, can you please take down your posts about Nathan? And you guys said no. Uh, we said we will you not. Shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah. Because you, we, because we you want we, Nathan himself to take responsibility for this, yes? Absolutely. And we will take everything down, and we will halt all pro charges pressed. All you know, we are considering suing him as well. But like, we, we, we will drop everything if he takes responsibility, owns up to it. We've even asked him, make a video, put it out on public, and apologize to the gay community, apologize to every person who is HIV positive, and let them know that you are going to spend some time getting your help that you deserve, the help mm -hmm. that you need, you're going to get medicated, and then when you come out ahead of yourself with a little bit of a clear head, you're going to go spend time volunteering for an organization. Like We're trying desperately to turn this into a, a moment for him to learn, and his mm -hmm. partner who's being complicit with all of that. Absolutely. Right. Well... It's an incredible story, and it's, it's frightening, but I, I think you guys are so courageous, and I think you have gone about yeah. this in the, absolutely the best possible yes. way. Yes, amazing. You could have destroyed him completely, but yes. you went the higher road, and you're giving him a chance. And you don't want people to go online and shame him or attack him, or you right. know, you're not asking for that, yes. but, but I think right. exposure, you know, I think sunlight is the most powerful disinfectant. And when mm -hmm. you ex yeah. expose what's going on and you actually name names and say, this person mm -hmm. is doing this, I think right. that is incredibly powerful. And you guys have taken your power back after somebody tried to take it away from you. Because if yeah. you didn't name him, I mean, it could he could have done it to someone else. Absolutely. Yes. You know? He probably Absolutely. has done it to oh, other I'm people. Sure. So oh. I, I, yeah. I thank you for, for your bravery. I think you're probably helping a tremendous number of people who have been in similar situations or are in similar situations this is the the age that we live in it's just too easy to have access to people yes and there are yeah. some sick people out there i just yeah I, I don't know the laws 
If they're what it, what are the police doing or the detectives doing? They're just monitoring. Is that what it is? Right now, the steps are that I, I have a report on file, which is a great paper trail in case anything happens to me. In case he does show up to any place of employment or I encounter him in a social gathering or setting, then and something were to happen to me, obviously he's going to be the first person they're going to investigate. They have asked me to send them everything they can. From that point, though, I don't know where they're going. Like, I don't know if they have access to tracing IP addresses and finding out where this is coming from, what computer, what iPad or iPhone or whatever he's using. Um, I have named his name. I've given him that. I've given them uh, his address. And since this exchange between his partner and my husband, I'm waiting to hear back. My detective's not available until 4 p.m. today. So when she gets in touch with me, I will probably know a lot more by the end of today about the next step. Chad, is there is there security cam in any of the uh, bars where he has gone in and spread those flyers and, and scratched that graffiti about you? Um, there are security cameras, but generally security cameras at bars, are, you're not allowed in bathrooms. So right. he, the security camera at the Ninth Avenue Saloon would possibly check him coming and going, but we don't know what day this happened. We know what day I found out about it because somebody screen, sent me a picture saying, hey, I'm at the bathroom at the Ninth Avenue Saloon, and this is your picture from Instagram, and it's a sticker, and it's everywhere. So I don't know what did it happen that day. Did it happen days before? Right. According to my place of employment, the wine bar there was a sticker on that wine bar in in like December, somewhere between like December twentieth and December twenty third, and I didn't know that until just a few days ago. Oh, well, they, she- they, they 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 didn't say anything to me. I don't know why, but yes. um, so we don't know. I mean, there are security cameras, and that's the other thing. I'd like to get the police. I can't ask the bars to. I can't. I want to post a picture of him in the bars and say, "Look for this person." Yeah, I can't do that. But a person with authority, a police officer, can right. say, "We believe this person to be vandalizing your property, so we would like to hang this picture up." Well, Chad, I I wish you to the very best, and I I pray that this has stopped for good now, mm-hmm. and that you guys can go on with your lives and not have to deal with with this menace, um, and, yeah. and and this really terrifying ordeal. And again, I thank, thank you. you for talking to us, and I thank you for yes. um, for handling the situation with such grace and and such intelligence. I commend you for that. Yes, and I'm so sorry. Absolutely. You thank you, guys. I really appreciate that, Adam. Thank you both. Thank yeah. you all. Thank appreciate you, Chad. It. Love you. Jeez. Wow, that is insane, and it's insane that there's nothing that can be done. You know, like there's no laws that can't just go, you know. Well, have you been watching the show Dirty John by any chance? No. Connie is- Britton and Eric Bana. It's oh, a it's, ba- it's a miniseries okay. based on a podcast the for the, yeah. that is based mm-hmm. on a real life story. And it's essentially about one of these guys and they're out there who just wreck other people's lives. Right. And right. because they're so cunning and because they're so like they're such good sociopaths, they right. know exactly where that line is between illegal and legal. So they find ways to like, you know, destroy your reputation or destroy your without going just with, without, too far. Right. And, yeah. and and with him, like the police were, were well aware of him and yeah. all of his activities and he had served time in prison. Yeah. But until he committed an actual crime that they could prove and get him on the books for, they just had to keep letting him run amok. And he destroyed so many women's lives because he just was a fucking psycho. I, you know, not to to, to make light of it, but <laughs> I automatically go back to a, a oh, gosh, a movie back in the 80s, like a Lifetime movie back in the 80s with Nancy McKeon uh, and her husband. Um, he was one of these guys. He was, he was just like... Uh, it was a true, you know, based on a true story, and base. It was all about, you know, restraining orders for your husband because he basically, you know, he was married to her, and then uh, he ended up, you know, basically kind of like stomping on her head, and uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. Just, it is. I'm it's, sorry. It's I don't hard mean to. Be laughing, no, no. Is, is, it a a movie. Movie. is it the Tracy Thurman story? <laughs> the Tracy yes, Thurman story. Yes, it is. Oh my Everyone God. stream that. Um, <laughs> all right, we have a few more stories to do before we uh, before we begin our guest segment. But I really am glad that Chad talked to us because that that was is a fucked up story, and I hope that it will help other people. Um, in a kind of related vein, vein, have either of you been watching the new Queer Eye? No, oh my God, on Netflix. Um, I ha- I watched one episode my because everyone was like, it's it. so good, it's so good. Right, and they're like, you cry the minute it starts. Yeah, I'm not that into it, but. 
Jonathan Van Ness is one of the new queer queer guys. He's the mm-hmm. one with the long hair. Um, and he did something that I have talked about on this show before, and I really uh, it, it infuriates me when celebrities do this. Mm-mm. He was dating a rugby player, and he was dating he, a lesbian. Yes, he was dating a lesbian. <laughs> okay. Um, he was dating a rugby player <laughs> named Oh my God, I'm so unprepared for this. Beth. <laughs> Her name was Elizabeth Morris. No. Um, anyway, I'll come to that. Uh, he, I think his name is Wilco Fronman. So they broke <laughs> up, and Van Ness, the ponytail queer guy, posted on his Instagram a picture of himself and wrote, Cheaters Never Prosper. Oh. Then he added an Ariana Grande quote. Mm-hmm. Quote, she taught me love. She taught me patience, how she handles pain. That shit's amazing. I've been loved and I've lost, but that's not what I see because look what I found. Ain't no need for searching. Oh, my God. Thank you, next. Rounding out my 2018 <laughs> exactly. with a very gorge. Thank you, next. Hashtag self-love. Good gravy. Oh he also asked followers not to attack Froneman, whom, whom he met in July. Please don't go in on Wilco. He doesn't need the anger, and I don't want to see him suffer. So just know I'm all good, and sometimes people break up. Love you all so much. This was after he posted the thing about cheaters never prosper. He oh. deleted that and then posted this follow-up. Because okay. I'm sure so his, his hundreds of thousands of yes. followers were attacking this right. guy. Meanwhile, Froneman addressed the breakup on his Instagram, hey, and he said... Abe Froneman? Uh, Abe Froneman, the Sausage King. <laughs> of New <Okay>. York. <laughs> he wrote... Uh, not only did Jonathan Van Ness give me the best moments of 2018, but undoubtedly the best moments of my life. I will always love him and cherish every moment we shared. I encourage everyone to continue to send him love. No one deserves anything less. But then the next day, the South African rugby player got a little shady and posted on his Instagram saying, these are my words, not a lyric from a song. Oh. Bitchy. Basically... These celebrities need to stop using social media to go after the Maybe people in their lives. I, I think it's a millennial thing because mm. how old is this guy? Like, Van Ness? Uh, the, one, the one who posted the, the thank you next. I think he's like crap. 30. Oh, oh my God. Oh, well, I'm right. sure he wasn't naked when he posted it. Him and Todrick, get the fuck over yourselves. Yes, exactly. Oh, get cheated yes. on all the time. So what? Right. Go up. Be an adult. If you were a regular fucking person, no one would care. Right. And I say this to non-celebrities, too. Right. I don't need to hear about your messy breakup. I don't need to I read know. about it on I Facebook or Instagram. so much. Like, and I get that I post constantly, but no one knows what's actually we're going in on in my life. the attention-craving generation. That's yeah. what it is. Thirst But it's not just attention-craving. It's also like, I want you to be on my side and right. see how I was wronged and go after this other person. That's the right. part of it that's dangerous. As we just saw from Chad, there's a lot of sick people out there who have access to your profiles. Yes. And if I say, Joanne Filan, you know, rubbed her pussy on me. <laughs> and Look, it was one time. And called me a faggot. <laughs> then my 4,000 followers <laughs> would never get Manny Petties again. Are going to go after Joanne. <laughs> that never happened, by no, the way. No, I wouldn't I have minded if it did. Um, but yeah, so I, I just I, I'm, I want people to, to cut this shit out and to handle your shit on your own. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've lost everything. Where am I? <laughs> Got so oh upset, God. I lost all my papers. Uh, okay, I want to talk quickly about this. So um, during this whole Me Too movement, mm-hmm. um, first we saw you know just endless procession of women coming out against their abusers and their harassers, and and then we saw a bunch of uh, male models come out against gay uh, or, or, you know, down low oh. photographers, including Bruce Weber, one of the biggest photographers in the world. Oh. He, he's always taken these incredibly sensual pictures yes. of men, uh, young men, you mm-hmm. know, naked or semi-clad. And one of his accusers was this guy, Jason Boyce. In uh, 2017, a year ago, December 2017, he filed lawsuit against uh, 72-year-old Weber, accusing him of sexual misconduct during a 2014 photo shoot. He claims mm-hmm. Weber stuck his fingers in his mouth, which is really disgusting. In his mouth or? In the model's the... mouth. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he would have minded if Weber <laughs> yeah. stuck fingers in his own mouth. It seemed a little bit much. Uh, forcibly kissed him oh. and um, touched his genitals. Well, recently Bruce Weber's legal team has released photos that the model allegedly sent Weber that were basically uh, body shots and dick pics. 
During the time that this um, harassment was was supposed to have gone on, they're calling it a money grab by a failed model. Oh. Um, and it's it's one of these cases of maybe this guy was using his sexuality to try to right. win Bruce Weber's good graces right. and try to further right. his career. But trying to entice someone and being sexy in pictures does not give someone you, license yeah, physical uh, yeah to grope them right but it does make the legal case a little more complicated because right. a, a judge and and or a jury is a little less likely to believe it that, is, you, that you didn't want this and that, right. you, that it was you're totally asking for it by the way you're dressed right it's the age-all thing because weber says it was all um consensual jason boyce is um six feet tall 24 uh he's 20, i guess he was 24 at the time <laughs> i'm just looking at the pictures I don't see any dick pics, but uh, oh. he, he's an attractive yeah. man. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's trap. I, I wouldn't mind getting pictures from him. him. Um, and the last That's thing your I favorite would, word of the him. day is thirst trap. It is. Yeah. I learned that you from learn this it from podcast. the ass. Yes. I've been, oh my God. We talk about thirst traps a lot. Um, and the last story that we will do before we bring in our fabulous guest mm-hmm. is that uh, you know I love science. Me too. <laughs> I don't really. Oh my God. I do, though. <laughs> I oh, actually you set do me love up. science. Thank you. You're going to love this story. Yay. Scientists have discovered a new species of moth. Ooh. It has golden hair and a small penis mm-hmm. relative to other moths. So they no. named it Donald Trump. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Delightful. <sighs> <sighs> Evolutionary biologist Vazric Nazari has discovered a new species of moth. The bug's distinguishing features include a mop of bright yellow scales on top of its head and an unusually small penis. Uh, he named it Neopalpa Donald Trumpi. <laughs> so instead of flying around a light bulb, it just flies around a wall? <laughs> well, here's what's funny about that, Joanne. Neopalpa Donald Trumpi can only be found on the coastal border area of the United oh. States and Mexico. <laughs> yes. So How nice. that shows you that God oh. is with us, oh, yes. that God, God exists, and that she has a sense of humor, <laughs> because that is fucking hilarious. Is. And you science. know it infuriates science. You gotta love science and scientists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Years ago, there was that um, that uh, dinosaur scientist who discovered a new kind of dinosaur and named it after the front man from Dire Straits. Oh my because god! Because he's such a Dire Straits fan, so they can name shit whatever they want. Oh. All right, that brings us to our guest segment, who I hope will <laughs> get his face right into that microphone. Our guest today is an openly trans film director, producer, production designer, and LGBTQ activist. Among his films is the award-winning documentary "Words: An Exploration of Identity." It features many notable figures, including Bob the Drag Queen, Miss Fame, and <laughs> Miss Fame, and Carmen Carrera, <laughs> as well as comedian Joanne Filan. Hey! And some asshole named Adam Sank. Take oh. a listen. To me to be closeted on stage because I was not closeted in life after the age of 21. And so um, I think I was quickly branded a gay comedian and I still am. And I don't mind that. But uh, in some ways, it, I feel like if I were a straight guy telling dating stories and sex stories and all the things I talk about, nobody would really notice my sexual orientation. It's only because I'm a gay comedian that it's like, oh, he's the gay comedian. What I think a lot of people do for comedy is you do what you know, and you know yourself best. So I think the comedy that I do reflects me, so it's very difficult for me to not um, talk about being, uh, you know, lesbian, a vegetarian, a woman. OCD. I used to wonder if the people that I worked with during the day, uh, you know, knew that I was gay. And then I remembered, they can see me. <laughs> Please welcome to the ass, AJ Mattioli. Thank you so much for having me. AJ. Thank you, thank you. How did you find these incredible comedians oh to appear in your documentary, Words? <laughs> I know. Well, um, I actually, when I was casting uh, Miss Fame and uh, Carmen Carrera, that agent... Uh, gave me your gave oh, my me old agent. Yeah, your old agent gave me. Hey, the only hey. thing he ever did for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> only thing he ever did for the film either. Um, so he uh, he got me in contact with you, and then through you, I kind of saw the groups that you were in on Facebook, and that's how I found. Uh, Once yes. again, mm-hmm. Joanne Filan gets helped by her friendship with me. It's, <laughs> uh, you're always there for me. I'm the gift that keeps on giving. AJ, <laughs> what inspired you to make words? Um, at the time, I was um, dealing with gender uh, and kind of trying to figure out 
how I wanted to identify myself. At that point, I was living as a trans man, but I wasn't on testosterone yet, um, which is why my voice sounds like this, because <laughs> uh, uh, I'm on testosterone now. Um, but at the time, I wasn't. I didn't really know what my journey was going to be. And I said, well, I'm definitely not heterosexual, and I'm definitely not cisgender. So let's talk to other people who are not heterosexual and some who are not cisgender and kind of feel out how they identify. Um, one of the main um, things that I found so interesting is the few straight people that I had in that uh, film, when I asked them how they identify, um, being straight was one of the last things that they said. I almost mm-hmm. had a, I almost had to like drag it out of them. Like I'm like, I need a consistent baseline. Or I got to cut you out of this film, dude. Say <laughs> something about your sexuality. <laughs> um, but like the fact that like. You know, gay people, it's like the minute you're like, how do you identify? It's like, oh, um, trans yeah. and straight, first or I'm thing. trans and gay, or I'm cis and a lesbian. You know, uh, it's it's one of the first things that they say, and it kind of um, was remarkable to, to, to realize that. And through that journey and editing 30 somewhat hours of people, people love to talk about themselves. And <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> oh my. I'm sure you had to go through hours of 35 oh hours. me just to yeah. get uh, the. Four minutes that you. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was thirty-four <laughs> hours of you, and then uh, an hour of everybody else. So <laughs> I was very grateful, actually. You, you. I was the first one to pop up in the movie. It was, it was yeah. one of my favorite and quotes of the movie. It's and one it of gave the me great stories. billing too. I mean, I was billed above Bob the drag queen. Yes, you were. I was like, yeah. come on. But um, it was a great experience. We had a lot of fun. We actually yes. filmed with you in several locations, mm-hmm. yeah. in the comedy clubs and Out in Central Park, Park yeah. and it was by great. the fountain. Yeah, How so long did you work on that film? Um, all in all, it took about uh, about two and a half years to to finish yeah. it up uh, to really get it where it needed to be. Um, some things got cut, some things stayed. Uh, some people in the film uh, showed some sides of themselves that I didn't really want portrayed. In Tell the film, us, so I wow. cut them uh, I get a lot of critiques about not having um, any Asians in my film, and I actually mm-hmm. had uh, a wonderful, well, who I thought was a wonderful trans. Uh, uh, activist uh, who randomly went on this anti-Semitic rant, uh, oh, and, and other Jewish people from the film were like, "Hey, listen! Like, we want to save film. Like, maybe the way you, what you're saying, uh, the way you could say it without sounding like a bigot, is mm-hmm. per- perhaps use these words." And um, I'm always shocked when when people are given notes from from a community that's directly offended by them, and they decide. Well, I'm older than you, and I know better. And so and, you know. it was a, it was a, a trans woman. Yeah, it was a trans woman. So she, do you want to name her? Um, I'd rather not. She's already put out some articles about me saying okay. I'm trying to suppress her opinion. I'm like, oh, so she was um, the only Asian person that yeah. you interviewed, and unfortunately, she went on this anti-Semitic rant. Yes. You had to cut her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think it's a valid criticism that there weren't more Asians? Um, I think that I had, uh, I think, twenty two different people, all of. Uh, Different. Uh, this, I think it was a pretty diverse cast. Yeah. Um, I think that it definitely feels like something's missing. Um, but I also get a critique that I don't have any. Uh, no offense, Joanne. Uh, mm-hmm. Any feminine women in it? <gasps> uh, oh my <laughs> goodness, that was harsh. <laughs> Have they seen Joanne's breasts? Oh, my God. <laughs> they are feminine. But you can't have every single I'm gonna take type my and every off. single I'm race. Like you you want to watch a 70-hour you know, movie. I'll right. give you yeah. This is Eric, by the way. Hi, Eric. Eric's my friend from Nashville. So, AJ, tell us, tell us about your individual journey in terms of growing up, how you identified, and sort of your evolution of gender and, and sexuality. Um, well, I grew up in Whitestone, Queens, uh, which... Um, it's an interesting neighborhood. They voted 72% for Trump. Oh, uh, oh my God. Yeah, and it's only 20 miles away. It took me, I got off, I was at my parents' house. It took me 26 minutes to get to Penn Station. It's That's what people don't realize about New York. Like, they think of New York as the, the liberal capital of the world, and it is, except we have enclaves all around us, including Staten Island, oh, which yeah. is very conservative, racist, homophobic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they want to live here with I us. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but they do. Yeah, I know. So, like, my neighborhood could be um, the only reason I like to say, like, I get away <laughs> with being kind of out and, and screaming about whether it was growing up saying I was bisexual or lesbian or being trans now and, you know, going to the bars with my parents and hanging out with my parents. Um, I get a free pass because it's like, 
well, you're not like those other faggots. You know, it's right. like, uh, well, we yeah. know you. You grew up in this neighborhood, so your values are clearly the same as ours. Somehow they think <laughs> that, like, the queers haven't, wow. haven't infiltrated my mindset. <laughs> so how did, how oh. did you see yourself in terms of gender growing up, and how did other people see you? Um, well, I think it was a weird time in... Uh, in film history, like I feel like we get a lot of our knowledge through through television and mm-hmm. art. And um, I remember in high school going to uh, see um, Boys Don't Cry, mm. and oh, they don't actually. I mean, I have to rewatch it, so don't. Uh, this is one hundred percent accurate. I'm not sure, right. um, but I don't remember them saying transgender in the movie. I just remember them saying that that Hillary Swank's character, Valentina, did not identify as a lesbian or a woman. But mm. I don't remember the word transgender being. Hmm. Even if it said it wasn't explained. What I remember from being a child and, and even a young adult is transsexual was the word that we heard all the time. Right. I don't remember right. transgender before like 10 years ago. Yeah, I think the first time I heard transgender was the movie um, Soldier's Girl, uh, which might have actually been transsexual. Soldier's Girl came out, I was in college mm-hmm. and I was working at Blockbuster. And Soldier's Girl's uh, Calpurnia Adams, a uh, very famous trans woman. Her story of a love um, mm-hmm. that she was with in the army, um, and I remember being like, "Oh shit, wait! So that's not a drag queen, and oh, so mm-hmm. Brandon Tina was a dude, and oh shit, like mm-hmm. being like, that's what I am. So like for me, like because what had you thought? I just thought I was a butch lesbian, and mm-hmm. it never felt correct, but it never felt very wrong because you know gender is. You know, in the gay community, it's kind of always up in the air anyway. So yeah, never felt it's like, a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so it never felt wrong. And then once I found out, oh, this is a thing. Um, and how old were you when that happened? Uh, I mean, that was, I probably didn't come out till officially as trans, probably till like a year after college. So probably like 12, 13 years ago, a little bit longer than that. Who's yeah. the first person that you tell? Oh, uh, I actually, uh, I just announced it on set one day. I was filming the coffee shop, and everyone was just like, she, 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 her, and and referring to me when you have 40 people that you just met referring you, referring to you as she and her, and all of a sudden it's like, nah, you know what, let's, let's go for he and him from now on. And my girlfriend at the time was like, you want to maybe, like, I don't know, fucking talk to me first? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you came out to a room full of strangers, yeah. but you didn't tell her. Yeah, it was just, like, a lot of, like, you know, the grip the grip department is usually cis, you know, cis butch men, and I was like, I'm tired of these, like, boys, like, mansplaining and looking mm. down at me, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to stop this shit right here, and if they don't like it, I'm in charge. What so was their reaction? They kind of realized, like, I'm in charge, and I can tell them to go home, so they should yeah. like it, no matter what. <laughs> Did your girlfriend uh, adjust to it, or was that yeah, the end? Yeah, I mean, the- um, she uh, got used to it. You know, um, we had a very interesting relationship for a very long thirteen years, uh, mm-hmm. where we kind of grew up together. So it kind of just seemed like another part of our aging. We were together for from my twenty one till thirty five ish. So it's kind of like you grow up with a person. You kind of you love them. It's mm-hmm. kind of whatever it is it is right, and she right. identified as straight before me uh so before oh. like being so she was me, like oh i'm straight again yeah oh. i have a boyfriend now God. <laughs> yeah she was like, oh. like wow i have no control over my sexuality <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen a number uh like on talk shows and on the news i've seen a number of trans people particularly trans women who were married to women and then they come out and they transition mm-hmm. and the wives stay with them Amazing. And I'm like, that's, God, I hope someone loves me that much someday. I'm hoping someone loves me enough to have, like, it's okay if you have a dog. (laughs) Did you see that film? I think it was, like, on HBO with Tom Wilkinson and I think Jessica Lange. Yes, it was beautiful. I loved it. It was really beautiful. It was. Um, So uh, we've asked this question many times on The Ass, uh, and I'm curious for your take on it. How do you feel about non-trans actors? taking on trans roles well i kind of look i don't look at it as intense as when people are like it's like blackface it's blackface has um a huge historical uh connotation connotation mm-hmm. with yeah. it where they're shown as you know people feel shown as lazy it's shown as incompetent like mm-hmm. i i don't think that straight actors or uh, or cis actors are taking these roles in a way to portray us 
regardless if they mean or not, uh, to portray us as less than. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, though, I look at it a lot as a white person taking a African-American studies professor, professor teacher. Where they can know everything. <laughs> oh yeah, that's they a great. Can know every, uh, they can know everything about. They can yeah. know more about African history than some Africans. But you yeah. have to realize you're taking that job away from a person of color. Right. So, so it's a right. question of of not just portrayal, but also opportunity. Opportunity. Yes. So for me, it's less. My personal opinion, it's less about the portrayal. It's more about the opportunity. When you're talking about an already oppressed and underemployed right. group of people, you, they should be the first. Uh, to have that opportunity. I think I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think yeah. that's exactly my I, position. I do too. I, 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 you know, was not necessarily on the fence, but, um, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure why I felt the way I did, but now I, I totally, I love the way you uh, explain that. But I'm less, I get asked a lot. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm less concerned, though, about gay people. Uh, about straight people taking on gay roles, it, it doesn't bother me for some reason. No, for, there's not as there's not as many issues. I mean, like like with trans, you don't have you don't have nearly as many trans actors and actresses as you do gay no. or straight. So or we, roles or roles. Right. So we need. I would and a lot of times um, with gay actors, they they're gay, but they're straight for the opportunities. Mm-hmm. So they right. say, and then they come out once they're famous. Right. Rosie right. O'Donnell right. did that. Uh, Neil Patrick Duke, Harris. Yeah, Duke, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Wentworth yeah. Miller. I mean, most gay yeah. most gay actors so were straight at one time. Yeah, right. Someone just came out saying that more gay people should play straight roles. And I'm like, bitch, what do you think Hollywood is? Right. Like, right. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. I will say for the record, my favorite portrayal of a gay couple of all time were played by two straight men. It's Michael McKeon. And I think his name is John Michael Higgins in Best in Show. Yes. 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 That couple, I believe to my core that they love each other, that there are two gay men, that they're perfect for each other. Like, there's something about the way they did it. It was so nuanced and so it was not a parody. Even even Higgins playing that flamey, over-the-top guy, he you you loved him. You wanted to be his friend. Absolutely, we know that guy. Um, Mm -hmm. What are the biggest challenges facing the trans community right now? Um, right now, I think uh, always, um, you know, it, and it's not talked about is how we can get fired in most play in most states uh, just for being trans. They don't have to say anything else. They just you're trans, you're out. Right. Um, yeah. Which is insane. Uh, you know, it's also um, so it's hard enough to get a job that you can get fired just for that, uh, regardless of your skill level. Um, and I think right now, really, the non-binary people are having a very hard time getting hired at all. Because Human Resources sees it as an an likely outcome of a lawsuit. Like, they see it as, like, well, someone's going to say he or someone's going to say she, and this person's going to get offended, rightfully so, uh, because mm-hmm. pronouns matter. But they see it as a liability. So a lot of my non-binary friends are having a very hard time even in New York. Because they want to be known as they. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's so interesting. That's the first time hearing of that, of, yeah. of the yeah. possibility of, like, legal... Actions. I mean, luckily we, you know, like, um, I mean, I know, you know, I don't know what everyone does during the day, but like, luckily, like, we're nightlife personalities. So we get to see people that look like us and trans people that are non-binary people that are performing in nightlife and having just as lucrative careers. But if you actually want to be an accountant, it's right. a different story. It's, you know, you mm. want to work a nine to five, it's a different story. All right, AJ, in the time remaining, we're going to play a fun game called Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your least favorite trans person? Oh, Pauline Clark. Oh, who's Pauline Clark? Oh, uh, I got, that's the person, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like an actual you person. Didn't want to name. <laughs> You're just slandering some civilian. I thought like, you were going to say We're waiting for Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> um, what's the greatest movie of all time? Ooh, oh, that's, I got to say, uh, The Godfather. I'm, I'm going to go for oh, the Oh, good answer. Yeah, okay. yeah. A lot of people say Citizen Kane, which to me is a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever watched Citizen Kane? Yes, I I I liked it. I wasn't uh, not my favorite. Man, though. is that boring? Not even close. Yeah, I don't really. It's get that. a sled. AJ, what's <laughs> been the most thrilling day or night of your life? Oh, uh, I would say um, when my film Affirmative Act got into movie theaters. Affirmative Act. Yeah, which is uh, uh, before gay marriage was legal. It was a movie dealing with the legalization of gay marriage. Um, 
which takes some weird turns. I didn't write it, um, but <laughs> I directed it. Um, it's fiction or documentary? It's fiction. Uh-huh. It's fiction. Uh, and it, it luckily uh, got into some uh, AMC theaters, 11 of them across the country. Wow. And going to see that and seeing the marquee and... And it what did it what did it feel like? It, it just was it surreal? It was surreal. It was surreal. Um, I would say that scene in the Barquee, and then uh, for my film Kill a Unicorn, uh, we just had a sold out uh, 540 seats at the SVA Theater for New Fest. Yeah, sold out. Yes, queen. Yeah. Yes, queen. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Who will win this season of RuPaul's All Stars? Oh, I wanna. I'm hoping for Trinity Taylor just because I know her. I oh, know interesting. Her and she's such a sweet woman. Like such a sweet woman. I love that I talk about that. <laughs> she's a sweet person that like I'm really pulling for her. Just no. how did you feel about Gia Gunn? I Was that the person I, from your documentary? No, 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 no. Can you <laughs> oh, my God. Gia <laughs> Gunn hates Jews. You heard it here first. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> um, Gia Gunn literally is like the Spice Girls for me. Like. I could watch her on mute and still be turned on. Like, oh, really? <laughs> wow. Oh, you, you're, like, you're attracted to her. Oh, God, yes, yeah, she is. I'm like, the bitch came out as trans. I was like, oh, thank you. Because, like, now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't make me question my sexuality, girl. That's so exactly. funny. Yeah, you were confused. Cool. I was like, oh, oh give me a good drag. Because you're a straight man, right? You, yeah, you I like the pretty much a straight. But I mean, I live in Bushwick, like Brooklyn. So, like, is there really uh, gender Bushwick. anymore in Bushwick, Brooklyn? <laughs> you know, like, gender has been outlawed <laughs> in Bushwick. Um, so, at the time that we're recording this, this isn't going to air till the 26 the oscars are hostless there's no host who would you like to to see host the oscars if you could choose honestly i can't i i can't think of her name but the co-writer for uh master of none the the oh i know who that is the person of color with a woman of color yeah she's fabulous do you does anyone know i I, it's on the tip of my tongue she's funny she's won a number of um of awards awards. Or, or tiffany haddish i mean like See, well, I don't think Tiffany Haddish is that funny as no. a comedian. I think she's a great comic actress. Yes, okay. yes, okay. I totally agree. I totally agree. But she, yeah, it'd be the same thing up. like throwing in funny lines for um, Sandra for, Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is uh, Eric is doing the search? To I'm find. looking. Is it is it is it uh, think, Sarah Peters? No, no. she's got an interest. What is it? Is it Leah Wraith? No. no, she's got an interesting first name. Oh, Lena? Lena. Lena. Yes, Lena. yes, yes, yes. I think that oh, is oh, it. Lena Wait. Yes. Lena Wait. Okay. Yeah. I Thank think you, she JB. would be, she yeah. would be great. Yeah, she's, she's pretty fierce. Um, who, is, who is your celebrity crush? Other than Gia Gunn. Uh, other than Gia Gunn? Um, I mean, it is and will always be Nev Campbell. It was just uh, Nev interesting. Nev oh, Campbell okay. was uh, my, I watched Party of Five, and I was like, well, I don't like boys. I, <laughs> uh, okay. I just saw her pop up in a movie in kind of a minor role. Oh, I know, Mad Men. I'm rewatching um, every season. Oh. Of, well, for me, it's the first time watching Mad Men, and she She's just like pops up. Neighbor? Is she? A, oh no, no, no. I, I don't even remember now what one. episode it was, but I was like, that, that's Nev Campbell. Um, now I know what knew? I'm doing tonight. Okay. What exactly? <laughs> well, you have to watch all 86 episodes. <laughs> What's your wish for 2019? Uh, impeachment. Yes, thank nice. you. Nice. Me too. AJ Mattioli, tell us how we can watch all of your various films and what the latest film is. Uh, right now, you can see uh, Words and Lady Peacock on Amazon, uh, Amazon including in Prime. Um, Killer Unicorns is coming out in February, so that should uh, be available. Uh, and that's a horror movie, right? A, horror, a gay a horror movie. Gay horror nice. movie where a very handsome unicorn runs around Brooklyn killing drag queens. Oh my um, God! I wa- I need to see that immediately. Yes, um, that's not wow. a documentary. That's not a documentary. Although <laughs> after just make it, clear. I wanted it to be some of those queens. Um, and then uh, coming up is a film called Guys at Parties Like It, which is a revenge me too horror film where mm-hmm. everyone who deserves to get hurt does. Oh, it sounds oh. like I love that idea. It's a nice. It's, uh, I love the idea of a me too horror movie. Guys yes. at Parties Like It. It sounds like my. Life on the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey now, Eric, winding up the show with a joke. AJ, how do we follow you personally on uh, on social media? Uh, just look up Mattioli Pro or Mattioli Productions. Uh, that's my last name, so you'll be able to see it on the bottom of this 
in the description, I'm sure. Uh, it's Mattioli, uh pro on all of social media. Thank you so much for being on my show. It's been thank a thrill you. to have you. I want to thank Joanne Filan oh, once again for co-hosting. Will you come oh, back? Absolutely. Have you had fun? I have. I'm not leaving. And how do people follow you? Um, I am Joanne Filan across the boards, J-O-A-N-N-E-F-I-L-A-N. Thank you so much. Tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. for a brand new show with co-host Chris Harder and special guests Anthony Bowens and Michael Pavano. Don't forget to follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine at DerekandRomaine.com. Email me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Yay!